Hello and welcome to the Strikeout Central podcast. I am your host, Michael, and here we are at episode number two. In this episode, I will be discussing MLB canceling their London series for this year, an actual apology from the member of the 2017 Astros, and a very strange injury suffered by James Jones of the Texas Rangers. In addition to this podcast, please follow the blog at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. So as a result of the worldwide coronavirus pandemic, Major League Baseball has announced that the 2020 London Series games between the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals have been canceled. It is unclear if any games will be played in London further because the deal between MLB and London was for two years worth of London Series games and 2020 was the last year of that agreement. It was the second year of that deal. Uh, The Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees made history last year when they became the first two teams to play regular season games or any game really in the capital city of England. Uh, The visit to London would have been the St. Louis Cardinals' uh, second international series in as many years as they did play the uh, Cincinnati Reds in Monterrey, Mexico last season in MLB's Mexico Series. And if those two games between the Cardinals and the Cubs that were supposed to be played in London do get played this season, that's assuming that there is baseball this season, Those games would likely be played in St. Louis or wherever the Cardinals end up playing this season as the Cardinals were supposed to be the home team in London. And leading up to the cancellation of the London series, the MLB had already canceled the Puerto Rico series between the New York Mets and the Miami Marlins and this year's Mexico series between the San Diego Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So if those games are made up, again, that's assuming if baseball gets played in 2020, those games would be played in Miami and Arizona or wherever those two teams are playing as the Marlins and the Diamondbacks would have been the home teams in those international series games. So we do have a retirement alert as uh, Major League Baseball journeyman Mark Reynolds announced his retirement from baseball on Friday after 13 Major League seasons. He made this announcement on MLB Network Radio, which can be found on SiriusXM. Uh, Reynolds uh, last played for the Colorado Rockies in 2019, in which he hit just a measly 170 with four home runs and 20 RBIs in 78 games played. He served as their main first baseman. That is not good numbers for somebody who's a starting first baseman, especially in Colorado where you play half of your games in the hitter haven of Coors Field. In his 13-season career, Reynolds is a two thirty six hitter with 298 homers and 871 RBIs, so he was just two home runs away from 300 in his career. Um, I'll tell you, Reynolds is not exactly a household name. He's not famous by any stretch of the imagination, but 
300 homers is big for any baseball player. And he was just two away from that. So he had some power at some point. At some point in his career, he did have power. I know these 2019 stats might not seem like it, but it happened. Uh, So he did play three seasons, uh, crossing two stints with just the Colorado Rockies in his career. Uh, He has also, in his career, suited up for the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Baltimore Orioles, the Cleveland Indians, New York Yankees, Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, and the Washington Nationals, in addition to the Rockies. So Reynolds has been everywhere. (laughs) He's been with a lot of teams in his career. That's a lot of uniforms and a uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of equipment, a lot of gear. Um, and he announced his retirement when the interviewers, uh, Steve Torrey and Danny Cannell, asked Reynolds what his plans for 2020 were. If there was to be a season, was he going to sign with anybody? Because the Rockies did cut him. And Reynolds, um, he threw him off guard. He announced his retirement right there. Nobody would, I don't think they were expecting that. He just kind of threw him off guard with that one. But obviously, 13 seasons, 298 home runs, almost 900 RBIs, so it has definitely been a very good career for Mark Reynolds. So I'm now going to talk about the most hated team in baseball, probably, which is the 2017 Houston Astros. Obviously, you know, the story of their sign-stealing in 2017, their World Series winning season, yada yada. I'm not going to get into all that. I am going to get into them, though. So even if baseball is not played in 2020, former Astros manager A.J. Hinch and general manager Jeff Luno's one-year suspensions will be fulfilled, and they will be eligible to be hired by any team starting in the 2021 season. So Hinch and Lunau, the rundown is they were suspended one year for their involvement in the Houston Astros science-stealing scandal in their 2017 World Series winning season, and owner Jim Craig subsequently fired them. Astros were also fined $5 million, the maximum amount allowed under the collective bargaining agreement, and they were stripped of their first and second round draft picks in 2020 and 2021, which who knows how many rounds there are going to be in these next few drafts anyway, because they're cutting back everything these days. Um, And these suspensions will be fulfilled uh, because they are tied to the end of the 2020 postseason rather than a specific number of games played. And this is according to a report from Buster Only of ESPN. So because they are tied to the end of the postseason of 2020 rather than a specific number of games played, their suspensions will be fulfilled because if it was tied to a specific number of games played and no games are played in 2020, then they haven't served a suspension technically because there weren't any games played. So because they're tied to the end of the postseason, they will be eligible to be hired starting in 20, starting really in the end of 2020, early 2021. So further violations of any kind by Hinch and Luno will result in them being placed on MLB's permanently ineligible list, though they will be eligible to apply for reinstatement. Honestly, I think it makes sense that their suspensions are getting fulfilled because it's tied to the end of the playoffs rather than a specific number of games. That makes sense. Because if it's tied to a specific number of games and no games get played, 
then they haven't served a suspension. I already said that, yes. Um, Houston, since they have fired them, hired Dusty Baker as their manager, who has experience, quite frankly, managing through scandals. And uh, former Tampa Bay Rays executive James Click is now their general manager. So while I'm on the topic of the most hated team in baseball, the 2017 Astros, we actually got a legitimate apology from a member of that hated team. Former Astro Evan Gaddis released a lengthy apology last Thursday, apologizing for the team's sign-stealing operation in their World Series winning season of 2017. Basically, he did not hold anything back in his statement, and he did say that the Astros deserve all the heat and remorse and vile that they've gotten for their actions. He said that while he was apologizing, he wasn't asking for sympathy or anything like that, and if their punishment was to be hated forever, then he was fine with that. Uh, He mentioned that something had to be done in terms of punishment, and that it's, it's, it's better for baseball that they are dealing with it, and he understands it might not be good enough for some people to apologize, but at this point, what else can you really do? Nobody's asking you to return your World Series rings, so you can't return your World Series rings. Really, all you can do right now is is say sorry, even though that, that might not be good enough for some people. Gaddis did mention also in his statement that not every player was happy with the operation that was going on and they weren't using it, he did mention that the team got too caught up in the science-stealing operation and that it might have affected some of their games. Gaddis did recently retire from baseball, and he is one of the first Astros to issue a full-scale apology about the incident. Um, Current Astros Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman briefly spoke about it at the beginning of spring training, but they haven't mentioned it since. Um, Former Astro Dallas Keuchel, who's now with the Chicago White Sox, uh, had a brief apology. He did seem sincere in that, for what it's worth, and... um, Former Astro and current Twins player Marwin Gonzalez also discussed it a little bit during spring training as well. Again, just a little brief apology from him. But this is like the full first full-scale apology, and it's by Evan Gaddis. So thank, I don't really want to say thank you to Evan Gaddis because he was still on that team. But at the very least, it sounded sincere, it sounded meaningful, so we got to give him that. So now I'm finally going to move on from the team that everybody hates, the Houston Astros, and I'm going to talk about now one of the uh, strangest injuries you'll hear about for a while. Uh, So Texas Rangers right-handed pitcher James Jones recently suffered a torn patellar tendon in his right knee. Now that's not, the injury by itself is not strange per se, but it's how he got it that's that's interesting. He um he suffered his torn patellar tendon by tripping on his son's toy. Now, obviously, people trip on toys quite a bit, but you don't tear your patellar tendon from it, which makes it strange. So last Wednesday, Jones had surgery to repair it, and if there is, in fact, a 2020 regular season, Jones probably won't play in it. Um... So Jones, a little background on him, he began his career in the, in the pros as an outfielder 
in the Seattle Mariners organization. But when he was released by the Mariners in 2017, he decided to convert to pitcher to have a better shot at making the major leagues. So he was picked up by the Rangers, and last year he spent time in the minor leagues across two minor league levels. He had a 2.67 earned run average in 64 innings pitched last season which for a new for a relatively new pitcher who's been pitching for two two three years maybe uh that's not too bad um but jones obviously with this injury is proving that apparently social distancing is now dangerous too we are safe from nothing so we're going to keep going right here uh, on to a different topic. So minor league players who weren't on MLB rosters, who weren't being paid in previous payment plans with the season postponed, are now being paid, according to Ken Rosenthal's report recently. So these players uh, who are eligible to be paid are non-roster invitees to spring training who were in major league camp when the season was um, postponed and everything, all the operations were uh, canceled, basically. Um, the MLB Players Association is, play- is, is paying them, and these players, these non-roster invitees, are being sorted into five tiers of service time, which will determine their payment. So players with less than a year of service time will earn... $5,000 in this hiatus. In between one and two years, we'll get you $7,500. Two and three years of service time will earn you $15,000. In between three and five years of service time, we'll get you $25,000. We're getting hefty here. And six or more years of service time, so those are for those long-time minor leaguers, will get you $50,000. So obviously this this is going to last until the season starts and they get p- paid weekly by the minor league teams. And obviously, like I said before, any non-roster player who is in major league spring training camp when operations were suspended on March 13th are eligible to join this program and get paid. Uh, this program is voluntary, financially secure minor leaguers. I shouldn't say that. More financially secure minor leaguers have the option to opt out of this contract, you know, if they if they get a job during this layoff, if they have if they have another revenue source to make money, they don't and if they have enough money right now, they can opt out of it. They don't have to get paid. <laughs> I'm sure the players association will be fine with that. But obviously this this will help out those kinds of minor leaguers big time it's not paying everybody like if you were in minor league camp at the time when these operations were shut down you're you're not getting paid by the players association um you're gonna get paid the weekly allowances by the minor league teams or you're just not gonna get paid Obviously, this helps out a bit, but it doesn't help out a whole lot because there are still so many more minor leaguers with no pay right now. I'm going to move on now talk about some bigger topics. So obviously, Major League Baseball and the Players Association are trying to get baseball back as quick as possible, but that might not be too quick with what's going on right now. Um, But... The Major League Baseball and the Players Association have been discussing a lot about how to get this regular season going, and more recently, 
a plan has come to light of them playing the regular season entirely in Arizona, and they would start as early as May, and these games would be played in empty stadiums uh, all across the state. And um, obviously, there are a lot of places they can play. There's all the spring training complexes in Arizona, and they prefer it because they're closer together than the spring training stadiums available in Florida. Additionally, uh, with all the spring training complexes, there are several uh, MLB facilities in Arizona as the Arizona Diamond Packs play right in downtown Phoenix. Um, Obviously, MLB, once they heard that the plan got out, they uh, issued a statement about the plan. They were talking about, yes, we have been talking about it, but they have said they stressed it that nothing has been put into motion yet. Um, and this, this to me, doesn't make much sense because Arizona is still reportedly not at its peak um, coronavirus cases yet. So if you're sending the players there, with the two to three week ramp up period as this peak is starting, then you're not you're putting them more at risk than you would be otherwise. Um, and the players' association, as well as talking with MLB, has talked to uh, lots of local and federal public health officials about the legitimacy of this plan, and it does have the blessing of said public health officials. Because in this reported plan, players and coaches would be, and all team personnel would be put up in nearby hotels and they would be in basically isolation and they would only travel back and forth from whatever stadium they are playing in that day. Um, they obviously, as I said, public health officials have, at the local and federal level have been supportive of a plan that includes isolation like this, and that obviously can open it up for Major League Baseball to be the first sport to um, return from this hiatus that we're in. Uh, despite this, uh, the players, according to said health officials, are at low risk for contracting this uh, coronavirus due to their age and they're generally very healthy players, but the older people, such as the older members of the coaching staff in the front office, uh, team personnel, and um, obviously a lot of the umpires are in the older age bracket who become more at risk. So any plan to to do this has to have protocols to to keep those people safe. And these logistics obviously need the players to buy into it, who, and this could result in them being separated from their families for months on end. And it's, it's been mixed so far. Uh, Nolan Arenado, Adam Adovino, and Harrison Bader, uh, to name a few, have, have voiced approval of this. But some other people, such as Ryan Zimmerman of the Nationals, have basically just blasted it, saying no way they're going to leave their family. Brett Anderson of the Brewers has, has said this too. and um, But obviously with this unique idea comes some unique gameplay ideas. Uh, this could be an electronic strike zone to separate the older home plate umpire from the players in the batter's box and the catchers. Uh, there wouldn't, to, to, to put them less at risk, there wouldn't be any mound visits from the older pitching coaches or the catcher. Uh, the players, since there wouldn't be any fans, would be sitting at least six feet apart in the stands instead of obviously the 
close quarter dugout where you're inches apart from players sometimes there would be seven inning there could be seven inning double headers which has gotten more approval and traction as of late and they're obviously for the tv viewership because there's no fans to be at the game they would have mic'd up players which i love when when players get mic'd up it's hilarious in spring training so you got to bring it into the regular season i i this plan could work i i like some of the logistics of this plan but there are a lot of hurdles to it so it it might not happen, but obviously they are determined to come up with some kind of plan because playing like this can is is better than not playing baseball at all that's That's just my opinion though so now, because of obviously the potential of a shortened season and a lot more close quartered regular season in the state of Arizona. Um, because obviously opening day has been pushed back. Uh, the teams of Major League Baseball are concerned about injury risks relating to a shortened season because obviously there was spring training and then it was canceled and now there would have to be a two to three week ramp up period which would help get everyone back into game shape. But some players probably won't be working out at home because they have kids, you know, all the stuff that could distract them from working out at home. And that could increase the likelihood of more serious injuries for the players before and during the season due to a lack of conditioning because you would only get two or three weeks before any games played and you might not be working out at home right now. And that's that's a very real risk. And also for players who are generally healthy, could get injured, could miss time, and that's a very real problem. And Reds, Cincinnati Reds Senior Director of Health and Performance, Jeff Head, spoke out about this, and he said that the, the Reds, and all of baseball really, were worried that a shortened preseason leading up to playing games night in and night out would lead to increased injury risk for the players, and I, I think he's 100% right. I think if you only have two weeks to prepare for playing 100, north of 100 games a season, night in and night out with very few days off, especially with the fact that opening day has been pushed back, there's increased risk for long-term injury. Obviously, you know, the Reds are doing their part to try to make sure that doesn't that that doesn't happen, that it tries to lower the risk, but obviously the risk is there. And from me, me speaking personally, I think if the teams really want to lower this obviously very real injury risk for their players with the shortened ramp-up time and a potentially shortened season, obviously playing more games in May and June than normal, they should they should try to come up with some workout plans, try to ramp up time even before this two to three season prep starts and try to have these players envision this time in April as if it were January and the players were ramping up before reporting to Florida and Arizona for spring training. I think in my mind that's the best way to make that work but obviously other teams are going to come up with their own their own ways to do this. So I've talked about the MLB potentially playing the entire season in Arizona, but there's been new reports in the last few days that the MLB will play their season not just in Arizona, but they'll play it in Florida too. So basically what this would be is the MLB would have all 30 teams, their players, 
and coaches would report to their spring training facilities in Florida and Arizona that they were at before spring training got canceled and the operations were put on hold, and they would have the season played at the spring training facilities instead of entirely in Arizona or in their own home cities, obviously because of this worldwide problem that we're in right now. And because of this, the divisions would would have to be realigned, and the MLB would like to realign them to accommodate this change. Um, Because, obviously, if you look at um, some divisions, you have some teams in those divisions practicing in Florida for spring training, and some go to Arizona. Like, if you look at the NL Central, the... The St. Louis Cardinals play in Florida, but everybody else in their division plays in Arizona. Like, and that's that's the same for for the for other divisions in baseball too. You know, you look at the um, the AL West. You have the Rangers play in Arizona. Um, the Athletics play in Arizona, but the Astros and the other teams are in Florida, like that, the Angels play in Arizona too, the divisions are separated, so obviously you're gonna have to realign the divisions, um, and these, obviously, there would be no, no fans, the teams that play in Florida would only play games in Florida, so there wouldn't be any interleague play, they wouldn't have to go to Arizona, and because of this, the DH is universal in spring training, and it would likely become universal for the 2020 season, which I personally like. I think it would be a great testing period of a universal DH to see if it works in the nas- in National League settings, and if it works, implement it for the National League, and if it doesn't, leave everything like it is. And in this plan, there would be a three-week ramp-up period, just like in Ari- the Arizona plan. And obviously the division realignment, nobody knows what's, who's going to be in what division, but it would be aligned based on ballpark um, proximity. And I got this off of a report from The Score, a good baseball website, check them out. Um, so some possible division realignments could be for the Grapefruit League in Florida, you could have a North Division, uh, which would be the Yankees, the Phillies, the Blue Jays, Pirates, and Tigers because they play in the more northern parts of Florida. You could have the south of the Red Sox and Twins, who both play in Fort Myers, and the Rays, the Braves, and the Orioles, who who play in the more southern part of Florida. And you could have a western division in the Grapefruit League of the Nationals and the Astros, who play in West Palm Beach, uh, the Mets in Port St. Lucie, and the Cardinals and Marlins in Jupiter. That could be a sort of a western division of the Grapefruit League. And um, for for Arizona, for the Cactus League, you could have a a northeast part of the uh, Cubs, Giants, Athletics, Rockies, and the Diamondbacks in in a more northeast setting. You could also have a western division in the Cactus League of, say, the Chicago White Sox, the Dodgers, the Indians, Angels, Reds on the western side of the state. And you could have a, a northwest division of the Brewers, the Mariners, the Rangers, Royals, and Padres because of where they play as well. That that makes it that makes some sense on the surface, but if you really look into it, it it seems like MLB is going a little bit stir crazy trying to get some baseball played. 
But obviously, if this plan gets put into motion uh, for the Grapefruit League teams, you could have Tropicana Field and Marlins Park in Florida available for games to be played in, in addition to for, for teams who, say, share spring training sites. They could play games in the major league parks instead. And for teams who share sites in Arizona, you have Chase Field and Phoenix could be made available for games to be played in as well. For for those teams who share the facility, you could come up with a schedule for that, who plays in the f- spring training facilities and who plays in the major league fields. So those could be available. And now because of this, the postseason structure is going to get changed a little bit as a result because you don't exactly have uh, league coordination here, because obviously there's mixed. You have AL teams in Arizona and Florida. You have NL teams in Florida and Arizona. So obviously you you wouldn't really have an AL and NL postseason. You could have a World Series in a dome in, say, November, uh, with the champion of the Grapefruit League playing the champion of the Cactus League. Could be a series, it could be one game. Uh, because of this, we could have leagues like league one league versus the, a team from that same league. Like you could have the Cardinals come out of the Grapefruit League and you could have the Diamondbacks come out of the Cactus League and you would have an NL team face an NL team in the World Series. Likewise, you could have the Rays come out of the Grapefruit League and the uh, Indians come out of the Cactus League and you could have the Rays and the Indians AL versus AL in the World Series. So it it shakes up that postseason formula. And as I said earlier, it does make some sense on the surface when you look at it. Uh, ballpark proximity and division realignment based off of that. That makes sense. But if you really dive into this plan and you look at it, it it seems like the MLB is getting kind of desperate for a baseball season. (laughs) Of course, um, they do need to wait for health officials and government officials to say, "You you can do this, you can do that, go ahead. But Obviously, everything is still up in the air. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying this isn't going to happen. It could still happen, but obviously, the ideal scenario is for everybody to be able to play in their home cereal, in their home city, not cereal. And there's also a um, a issue if the teams do end up playing in their home cities. There's an issue with the Toronto Blue Jays simply because they play in Canada and the, the borders to Canada and Mexico are closed right now. So the Blue Jays, to make anything work, would almost certainly have to play in their spring training city of Dunedin, Florida. So anyway, that's the MLB in Florida and Arizona. It, it could work. It might happen. It might not happen. Who knows, really? I don't. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Strikeout Central podcast. If you would like to read about baseball news by the day as it happens, check out the Strikeout Central website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily posts in addition to this podcast. Stay tuned for episode 3 coming soon. I am your host, Michael, and be sure to have a good day and please stay safe out there.